Folk, noise, electronics, improvisation. How can radical music help us manifest new possibilities for thinking and imagine new ways of organising community through ritual behaviours, actions and languages? You're listening to the Liquid Architecture Podcast. Today, Eva Birch talks through her shift into sound poetry, the parallel influences of data and psychoanalysts on her practice, and reflects on her recent performance with Jay at the Oratory Abbotsford Convent for Liquid Architecture's Ritual Community Music Series. Eva Birch is a poet living in Melbourne on Woiwurrung Country. She has published her work in Cordite Poetry Review, Sick Leave and Unmagazine, and is the author of three chapbooks, Megalodon, We Eat Out Together, My Heart Cam, and Sun's Window. For this performance, she collaborated with Jay, a DJ, musician, and founder of the record label and publishing platform, Diasart. My name's Eva Birch. I'm a poet. I've been writing poetry for seven or so years now, and I've recently got more into performing poetry and sound poetry. This performance was the first performance of sound poetry I've done. I have dabbled a little bit with performing my work. My poetry has always been a little bit tied in with the art world, so I sometimes fall into a performance here and there. The first poem I published in Cordite started out as a performance for Dissect magazine that um, Audrey Schmidt curated and so in a way, performance has always been central to my work and the voice has always been central to my work. But this performance was the first time that I was really getting into sound poetry, I guess, in a way. Not just reading a poem or not just reading out something, but thinking about what sound poetry could be and what that would be in my own practice. Brother, 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 listen. I have to go fill up my car with petrol. That sweet Russian oil 
like fresh milk. Brother, brother. When I'm thinking about sound poetry, I guess it would have a slight difference to performance poetry. Obviously, the genres cross over a lot. There's spoken word poetry, sound poetry, and then there's also performance poetry. There's also rap music, of course, and these all have different histories. I kind of used to joke when I was younger about wanting to be a rapper (laughs) or something, but that was before I wrote poetry. But I think when I kind of actually got to it and I was actually working with using my voice in a performance mode, I did start to think about the history of, I guess, avant-garde sound poetry and Dada sound poetry as being my main influence, mainly because there's a crossover with Dada and psychoanalysis. So there's this aim in Dada and the Surrealists, I think, to access the unconscious and to access kind of infantile states and kind of talk nonsense. And because I've been in psychoanalysis for many years, I think that's what naturally I have become quite good at. And so as I've taken the project more seriously, I've started to think about that heritage of Dada and the Surrealists, not only in sound poetry, but also in written poetry with people, say, like René Shah, who's a post-World War II surrealist poet. I love hip-hop and I love rapping, um, and that is perhaps a very, like, subtle influence or something in my work as well. And spoken word, I'm not so into it, but I'm interested in when somehow the inflection of a kind of spoken word rhythm comes into my work. I guess with this project, it kind of is situated in an avant-garde canon, perhaps, is the easiest way for me to think about it, maybe. Good morning, I hammer, 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 hammer. Good morning, I hammer, 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 hammer. I'm the best little boy on the block and this morning I'm giving it all I've got. All morning I hammer, 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 hammer. I guess in a way my poetry practice has evolved primarily through my own psychoanalysis. Psychoanalysis in a way can be a way of learning to speak again because often one goes to psychoanalysis when they lose their world and then learning to speak again is a way of creating a world again. And in that process, It's interesting that you re-enchant words so they start to have a power that they perhaps been lost along the way and so you kind of retrieve a kind of power and enchantment within the sound of words. 
So that process has been really important for my poetry practice and it's very important in terms of sound. When I first started writing poetry after starting psychoanalysis, I was very surprised at how my voice sounded and it sounded very different to it than it did previously and kind of had this enchantment to it or this magic to it. When I'm writing a poem, sometimes I'll write that by speaking it first and, say, recording it into my phone, and that's how I started writing what became my first published poem um, on Cordite Poetry Review. That was just recording on my phone and then transcribing it. I still do that, and then other times I'll write something on the page and then see how that sounds afterwards. And it's really interesting that both processes can have a similar end effect. So if I'm writing something, I might think, oh, this is to do with the page, this is to do with how it's laid out on the page and that's important, and then I'll read it out and I'm like, oh, it's actually about the sound. (laughs) I'll notice that there's a lot going on with the sound of it and the rhythm of it once I'm reading it. So it's really interesting. I go both ways. And for this performance, I worked both ways. Yeah. So it's this kind of constant process going between basically the voice and the page. Yeah. He broke in and I broke back. I broke back. I broke back. He broke in and I broke back. I broke back. I broke back. He broke in and I broke back. I broke back. I broke back. He broke in and I broke back. I broke back. I broke back. He broke up and I broke in. I broke in. I broke in. He broke up and I broke in. I broke in. I broke in. He broke in and I broke back. I broke back, I broke back. He broke in and I broke back. I broke back, I broke back. I have noticed that since I've been working with music and with Justin's music, I have been paying more attention to the sound of what I'm writing. And I ended up writing stuff that's very rhythmic, I guess, um, and very repetitive So I kind of did get into a style that is kind of reminiscent of someone like Jazz H. Duke or Anya Wolwitz that has a Dada heritage that's kind of getting into this infantile state and making repetitive, silly statements over and over. That was almost in reaction to having to speak alongside music where I almost kind of had this response where I wanted to break out of that and do something more kind of a cappella and more just like pure sound poetry. So it was this interesting thing where I was was trying to work with music and between genres and then that almost pushed me out of mixing between genres and just trying to find one genre which is kind of sound poetry I guess.
Yeah, so Justin approached me in September 2021 and he'd seen this poem that I mentioned. There's a recording of it online and he had like a really strong response to this poem and really liked it and wanted to do something with music behind it. And I think that it always been like in the back of my mind or I always wanted to do something more performative. And so I really jumped at that opportunity. And then from that point on, we just shared stuff that we liked. There was one album by Alejandra and Eon, I think it is, this really interesting album with lots of voices and different voices with different German accents and things that I was really into and also early sound poetry from the 70s and 80s. People like Jazz H. Duke and Anya Woolwitz. From that point on, I think it began by Justin sending me tracks and then me recording just lyrics or poems over the top and then it kind of reversed lately where I would record tracks of my poetry, my spoken word, and then Justin would write something to go along with it. So it was quite conversational in terms of what we wanted to sound like and Justin was interested in what instruments I liked and I was interested in piano and cello and so he incorporated a lot of piano and cello into the tracks that he was making and our mutual friend Emile Frankel has been working on some of the cello and we kind of had conversations around those two classical musics and the way that they were played, like this kind of naivety that that could bring to the sound and to the EP. Getting into sound poetry has given me a lot of freedom because it's allowed me to, I guess, be really silly and try and be, like, really funny in my work. Sometimes in written poetry there can be this real emphasis on achieving some kind of lyricism within the poetry and a seriousness that I think I've put a lot of pressure on myself to achieve while writing a book collection of poetry. So it's been quite cathartic for me to do something that's very different to that and just be really silly and funny by kind of getting to the power that one can have in their voice. For me, that the sound that I've really come to enjoy is the sound of a hammer banging on wood and that's something that's come up very late in the collaboration and almost, I think, just came out of needing to do a performance on a stage and wanting to increase the performative aspect of it, I just kind of grabbed a hammer. That theme was already in the lyrics, so there's tracks that talk about hammering and things. And I think there's some refusal in there that's been really freeing or some some kind of breaking apart that's actually had a really big effect on me. I think as I've gotten closer to my voice and the power of my voice and also the times when my voice doesn't have power, 
It's basically freed me of like putting too much purchase on art <laughs> in a way. <laughs> I really enjoyed the performance. It was very freeing and very liberating to just sit on stage <laughs> with a hammer and then break a piece of wood. Um, there was something very symbolic in that act. And it was really nice in the other tracks just exploring a more kind of musical, performative approach to poetry because there's a real kind of enjoyment and a real pleasure that you don't get as much when you're doing a poetry reading um, and kind of feeling the energy in the room and feeling like comfortable in myself and like I'm having fun or I'm moving through these different feelings and then sharing that with a room full of people was really, really enjoyable and it was really liberating kind of going through those different moments in the performance with a room full of people. After doing the performance, I guess it really changed how I thought about what Justin and I had been making together because it made what we'd been doing very concrete. It surprised me in that it felt like the end of a process. We'd come up with four tracks for this performance and I think breaking something on stage was some kind of unconscious realisation that the project was finished. So it was a really good way to arrive at something, to complete something, which can be hard, particularly in collaborations, working out when to stop and when to keep on going.
Music in this episode was performed by Eva Birch with Jay, recorded live at the Oratory Abbotsford Convent on Sunday the 24th of July 2022 for Liquid Architecture's Ritual Community Music Series. You can find more details at the link in our show notes. This podcast was produced by Mara Schretweger for Liquid Architecture on the land of the Gadigal of the Eora Nation. We acknowledge them as the traditional owners of this land and recognise that sovereignty has never been ceded. We pay our respects to their elders past and present. Liquid Architecture is an Australian organisation for artists working with sound and listening. You can support our podcast and online journal Disclaimer through a Patreon subscription for as little as $5 a month. Find the link in our show notes.